Gentlemen, 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 welcome back to the podcast. Today I've got something a little bit different and a little bit special for you. Last week I was lucky enough to go on one of my good friend's podcasts and run through my journey the last year, the last two years, the last 10, 20 years of my life, what I've been through, where I've come from, how I've grown, everything I've learned along the way. Had a phenomenal chat with Jack, my boy, and I'm going to share that with you on today's podcast. So without further ado, here it is. What is going on, lads? Welcome to another episode of the Positive Masculinity Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I am your handsome, humble host, Nick Rybelt, and I am here to guide you along your way to becoming a high-value man of excellence. Every Wednesday, I release a brand new episode going into depth surrounding a topic of being a high-value man, giving you very specific action steps you can take to level up. Masculinity is a super powerful force when used correctly and has been misrepresented and misconstrued in today's society. So it is my mission to bring back awareness to what true masculinity is and put an end to all the soy boy blue haired feminazis trying to rip men down. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode on the Positive Masculinity Podcast so you can join me on my quest of becoming a powerful, competent, high value man. Nick Rybelt. Welcome back to another episode of Jack Let's Talk. I appreciate you coming on the uh, on this podcast. Uh, we have the owner of Iron Vault Educate and the Iron Vault, also a previous VFL player, and uh, he identifies as a handsome, <laughs> humble, charming... Ripped prince. Ripped prince. <laughs> uh, so let's not leave that out. Those are my pronouns. Yeah, those are his pronouns. And nouns with an S because there's more than one so and if you forget one then you're a dickhead anyway in in all seriousness i appreciate you coming on i think you've got a really awesome story um i very i find it intriguing i'm curious and uh, fascinated to dive a little bit deeper into your past what you're doing now and also where you want to go into the future um so i appreciate your time coming on and uh, look forward to diving a little bit deeper Thank you, bro. Stoked to be here. Yeah, likewise. For the second time. <laughs> <laughs> likewise. And for everyone who's listening as well, we've just done 35 minutes and then we realized that the camera turned off and the audio didn't actually uh, work. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're going for round two. <laughs> uh, so you know what they say, bigger and better. That's it, bro. Luckily, we've got time uh, and we're going to make the most of it. So tune in. It's going to be a fantastic episode. So Nick, before we get into a little bit deeper of what you're doing right now, mm. the businesses you're running, some of the challenges that you're you're smashing. Who is or what what type of what what type of man was Nick Rybout at fifteen as 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 a teenager? So yeah, man, as I was saying to you before, I was a as as people would say, a troubled kid. Um, for me at the time and in reflection, I think it was a lot of, it was a mixture of like being misunderstood, but also misunderstanding myself and the mm-hmm. world. So, you know, we've privately spoken about lack of rail, uh, male role models and fathers, etc. And for me, it was at school, I just wanted to fit in. I wanted people to like me. I want to be part of the boys. And the way that I tried to navigate that was bringing other people down for a laugh. Like it was in, in a nutshell, like mm-hmm. being a fucking bully. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So... I would use other people and their misfortunes and, you know, whatever it was to my advantage to get other people to laugh. And I thought that made them like me. 
in hindsight, people don't like you if you're a fuckwit. They might, you might perceive it as them liking you, but they don't. And so, yeah, man, I hit a couple of points like year, I think it was year nine, year 10, where I did a lot of bad shit just in terms of like bringing other people down and, and whatnot and just being a bad kid. And that landed me in some pretty sticky situations. Had some meetings with the principal on the verge of getting kicked out of school, getting expelled. And like I was saying to you before, bro, I was sitting there, I remember vividly sitting there at the table with the principal, the vice principal, my mum, myself. And they're like, why Why should we keep you at this school? And it was quite a, it was quite a good school. It was a, a Catholic boys' school. It was a private school. Like it was, it was a good opportunity. And yeah, mum's sitting there in tears. They're sitting there grilling me, like essentially saying, you're, you're a fuckwit. <laughs> you're a bad kid. Why should we keep you? And I'm there like, fuck. I, I know I'm not a bad person. I'm just doing the wrong thing and I need to help myself, but I don't know how. So I don't have anyone, you know, I don't have any male role models. I had mum, but as we've spoken about previously, men need male role models. And so, yeah, bro, that was like my first, uh, one of my many turning points. And from there, I, I turned shit around. As I said, I got a few leadership roles at school and just went from like a, a troublemaking fuckwit to being a leader and like helping bring other people up. And so that was like my first turning point, but very troubled, misunderstood and self-misunderstood stood kid. Mm. Yeah. When you were that age, who did you look up to? Footballers, man. Yeah. You know, people like, it's actually quite funny when I was maybe like seven, eight, my role model was Matthew Richardson. You'd know Richo, obviously. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck man. Like I remember on my birthday, I wrote letters to him. I had frames of him. I was like, I fucking love this guy. And uh, yeah, I looked up to him and it was it was quite surreal, but I reached out to him on Instagram when I was like 16, bro, because I was coming up, I was playing, um, you know, like uh, tack cup and all that shit. And, I mess- and he actually replies to me. He's like, yeah, bro, I'll meet up with you, give you some like advice, mentor you kind of thing. And so I met up with him for coffee and he, he kind of mentored me. And I remember he gave me this like GPS tracker to take the training. As a kid, I'm like, this is fucking epic. And so I've sat in touch with him on and off like the last shit like nearly 10 years or eight years now and yeah just reach out to him every now and then so anyway back to the point he was my role model and as, as i grow up new footballs come on the scene so you know like dusty and all these guys as a kid and so that that was always my aspiration to play footy like at the, at the top level mm-hmm. and so that they were my role models and i didn't i didn't model their behavior in life just on the footy field it was just like they're my role models in terms of footy, but I didn't have any personal role models. So mm. that was probably where I lacked, mm. definitely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, I love that. And you're a Richmond supporter, right? I am, bro. Yeah, thank yeah. fuck for that. Amen. <laughs> let's go. Let yeah, bro. Go. Three, three and four, baby. Let's go. Fuck that's good. Yeah. To- <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I found that out and I was like, that's fucking amazing. So mm. good um, blokes think alike. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, we're both handsome, humble, charming, and ripped. So <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, bro. No, but more on a uh, on a serious note, I mm. uh, I appreciate that. But you currently with your eye involved, you talk a lot about masculinity, and we'll get definitely into that around masculinity, what that is to the world, how it's helped you, what your life was like with the lack of, and what it's like now with more imposed masculinity from yourself. But why do you think the world needs more masculinity? masculinity? And what do you think it offers to the world? Masculinity is, it's very powerful. So as we've 
spoken about before, feminine energy and masculine energy are vastly different and they're both equally as important as one another. Mm-hmm. I don't think a, a society could function without both, mm-hmm. effectively anyway. So Western society's kind of fucked. But because I, I think a lot of Western countries, particularly Australia, I can speak for Australia, I think on like a, a larger level, society is run through feminine energy in a way. Because it's very, very... People, guidelines, government, etc. Everything seems to be very, very emotional and um, easily manipulated in a way. And th- and that's not saying feminine energy is, is bad, but I think masculine energy and and masculinity provides very strict guidelines. It provides a direction, and it's a it's a strong force. Feminine energy is good for you know nurturing, love, feeling safe, etc. And, and it's a requirement. But masculine energy can actually make changes mm. because. I think mas- masculinity is very action orientated. And so you see buildings being built, you see technologies being created, you see, you know, even things like the iron vault being built, and that's tiny, but that's something I'm doing personally. That all comes from a space of masculinity is because you recognize something needs to be done, you do it, and it improves whether it be a relationship, society, the world. And there's obviously different levels. But to me, masculinity just provides structure, guidance, direction, morals, values. And it's very much if you don't do what needs to be done and you don't do the right thing, there'll be repercussions. Mm. I wouldn't say that the same applies to feminine energy, in my opinion. Mm. Mm. No, I'd agree with that. And where do you think someone should look if they were a young 15, 16-year-old man that is looking to get more masculine energy? They lack that from their family household or they don't have any male role models. From your own experience... We've talked about it privately with lack of role models and then now where you are today and having a Phoenix reborn per se, going from A to B, where would you point somebody at that like that for help? Look around and find someone who has a life you'd want to live and someone that you respect. Because at the end of the day, there are, there are... Millions of role models, not to say they're all good, but there are millions, especially online, bro. There's a lot of fucking gurus now. <laughs> There's a lot of gurus. And my thing is, I'm not going to say like, come and listen to me because that might not be the best for everyone. But what I can say is taking information from everyone and ask yourself, who do I respect? Who do I think has my best interest at heart? And who has a life that I would like to live? And who do I look up to? Because everyone's trying to manipulate everyone. I, I try to manipulate you and vice versa mm. into thinking like me and, and me thinking like you. Mm. But the thing that you really need to look out for is do the people I look up to have my best interests at heart, do they have a life I want to live? Do I respect them? Because, and I say this to my, you know, my followers are a small following base at the moment. It will grow, but you don't have to listen to me. It's like everyone online is trying to manipulate you. Just watch out who you allow to manipulate because you're going to be manipulated. Mm. it's either going to be by your parents by your teachers by people online you will be manipulated because you have to get information from somewhere if you're not getting information then then you're dead <laughs> like it's as similar as that you get information every day and so you want to make sure that the information you allow in is coming from the right source so my advice to anyone who's looking for a male role model is just ask yourself do i respect them do they have my best interest at heart do i want to be like them if if they're all yeses then listen to them and what i've found is as you start to look up to someone new, 
You're going to learn from them. You're going to adopt some of their mannerisms, some of their values, some of their beliefs, and you'll evolve. And then so are your role models. So for me, after my breakup, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, I went through a massive Tate phase. I was just fucking binging Tate, everything that he says, everything he believes in. And that allowed me to evolve. And once I got to that next level, I was like, okay, cool. I need to adopt some new, some new mindsets, some new beliefs and stack them on top. And so just because you say, okay, this dude's my role model now, it's not gonna be forever. Mm. You know, you're gonna find new ones to add on top of that. So for me now, I'm going into like a big hormosy phase, which is very action orientated and a bit more of a finding your purpose in life, if that makes sense. It does, it yeah. does. And from a tactical perspective, from somebody listening, you sort of touched on it, values and traits, but for someone who is at that age and they've gone and they've identified three people that align in them three questions that you ask and they go, yes, yes, yes. Then what would be the next step for that person to, for, for them to take some action? Listen and consume Listen to and consume all their content. Like mm-hmm. just binge it. This is what I would do anyway and what I did and what worked for me. Yep. Listen to their content, understand how their belief systems work, understand how they'd act in certain situations and just start to replicate that. And so there's probably going to be a phase at the start where it's, it's very clunky. It looks like you're trying to uh, replicate this individual and show up as them. And that's fine. You'll probably get mocked. People probably think, why is this guy acting differently? That's fine. We, like we've all been through it. But then you want to start actually practicing everything you're learning from them. And so applying that to your real life situations. So for me, a big thing we, we've spoken about personally is like the ability to walk away, particularly from a, a woman in a relationship. I never had the capacity to do that. Mm-hmm. I listened to Tate. I understood how he thought, which is a good first step, but you actually need to take action. Mm. And so now whenever I'm put in a situation where it's like I'm talking to a, a woman and her values don't align, she disrespects me in any way steps out of line in terms of what I value and what my, my morals are. I'll put it out. I'll be like, you, you, this is not what I allow in my life. You need to uh, fit into this framework or we can part ways. And I've spoken about this. There's a fine line between being controlling and manipulative and setting boundaries. If you don't give that woman an option to either align with what you believe in or walk away. If you don't give her that option and you just say, this is what you have to do, then that's being controlling, right? Mm. But if you can say, look, you don't have to stay with me, but if you want to, this is how we act. Mm. That's setting boundaries. And that is masculinity. And that is often what women actually want. That's what mm. I've found. So Agreed. in answer to your, your main question, consume content, understand the way they think, and then apply that to your life scenarios. Yep. No, I agree. I think for all the high fe- high achieving females or just high females in general, it goes both ways as well. Obviously, we're talking from a male p- point of view, but if you have a set of frameworks and somebody crosses the line, I think it goes both ways as well. Um, mm. Just, you know, because there's going to be people listening going, you know, what if this other side, but it goes both ways. And I think that's... Uh, it's something that I've definitely struggled with as well, not being able to have the capacity to walk away from a relationship and then realizing when I did, the thing that you were so scared to let go uh, set you free yeah yeah it's a great it's a great quote bro and it does go both ways but there always has to be a leader in every given scenario Agreed. Agreed. even Agreed. even in the iron vault like we talk about everyone's on the same playing field we're all ambitious we're all, we're all doing cool shit mm. but i've very recently learned and as you know you you saw from some of the messages i sent into the group the other night someone does need to step up and take charge mm. And so, you know, that's why I laid out some boundaries, laid out some rules. And that makes me seem like a fuckwit in the moment and that's fine. But 
someone needs to do that. And so for me, it's like, of course, the, the, the values and the morals have to align with the woman that you attract, but she doesn't set them out. You set them out, you lay them on the table and then she has the option to come in. And if she doesn't align with them, she can go and find someone she aligns with. But for me, it's the, it's the man who lays it out on the table and then that will attract the right, the right woman. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, that's actually a, a, something, a philosophy that Alex Hall mostly talks about too. It talks about mm. solving the, f- the first problem. And it's like instead of trying to go out and go on a bunch of dates and then find the right woman, that's one way of doing it. Or you could go out and become the type of man that the woman that you want mm. and that you will attract that type of woman. You solve the problem, the biggest problem first, become someone of value that the person that you desire would want to be with. Mm. And that will come to you. Yeah, exactly, Or you will bro. attract them like indirectly. Exactly, bro. Um, and then you've solved the problem and you, you know, you'll save time on the front end on going out on all these dates where you know, eventually yeah. when you, if you go out to different events, you'll find that right person because you are embodied, embodying the version of yourself that is the highest version of you. Correct, 100%. And... It's, it's, it's pretty fucking funny. You probably laugh at this, but after my last relationship, I was like, that is not the right girl for me. So I created a, like a notion template, right, bro? And it's like level one, two, three, non-negotiables, and then what I provide. And it's literally writing out everything I want from a, a partner. And it's like level three is non-negotiables. So it might be like, um, you know, specific values, traits, you know, low body count. That's important to me. Yeah, yep. um, level two is like things that are important. So... You know, she's obviously attractive, maybe short, blonde hair, etc. And then level one is like, that'd be cool, but it it's, doesn't really matter. And then the most important part is what I'll provide. Because you can't be like sitting there like, oh, what a fucking 10 out of 10 stunner and I'm sitting there with a beer belly and fucking playing Fortnite. It's like, <laughs> you're delusional. <laughs> you're delusional, right? sucking on your vape. But, so, you know, I've listed out, cool, what's the best version of me going to provide? And it's like, she will not have to work if she doesn't want to. I'm going to provide for her, I'm going to protect her, etc. And so I know now fundamentally that until I've ticked all that criteria of what I provide, until I'm at that level, I'm not going to be able to attract the woman that I want. Mm. And so I can sit there and go on dates, meet these girls, and like, they're cool, but I'm not at my peak yet, meaning mm. I can't attract my peak woman yet. I love that. Mm. I love that. It's, it's quite some... nerdy that I've created a whole thing, but it's fucking valuable, bro. I don't think that's nerdy. Like, it depends how you want to use that term, right? People use it in a, in a bad way in Australia, but you hear Rogan using, he thinks nerds, like, if you're a nerd at something, it just means you're so obsessed with that one mm. thing. In this case, you're not obsessed with um, you know, the template, but you, you know, you're uh, obsessed with something and you're a nerd to that, to that craft, right? So I don't mm. think it's a bad thing. I listed out all the positives and negatives that I liked out of my previous relationship, but I haven't gone away and written, written, what the ideal woman would be, but I, mm. I like that. I might have to take a note out of your book. I'll send and, you the template, bro. Yeah, send me the template. Yeah, I love a good notion template. Fuck so, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> it's really good though because I think it's, I heard Alex talking about it recently and I noticed she put it in the group chat one of his videos about finding a woman and he actually put it in the chat. I watched Such that, a good video. I watched bro. that video. Oh, really, wow. Really good video. Like that half an hour video, the 20 yeah. minute video. Really good video. I watched it here while I was just doing a bit of shit um, and I was like, uh, I was cleaning up the room and making making it tidy and aesthetic. And then I was like, I did a few shoulder turns. Like, you know, when mm. you listen to something and you're like, like holy fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that was actually really good. I went to my whiteboard and wrote it down. I was like, oh, then kept doing some stuff. And then I like three or four times, mm. I was like, that's really good. If mm. You know what I mean? Some really good core lessons. So one of the ones we talked about there is just trying to embody the person you want to be and attract them. And it was super valuable. It was 100%, good man. The- I forgot to mention, this is probably the most valuable part of having this template is like, you'll, you'll be able to relate to this. You go, you meet a chick, you go on a date, whatever, and you're like, 
she's awesome. Maybe she's you know stunning. You have a good time with her after the date, whatever you do, and you just feel like like yeah, cool, I'll date her. But it's very easy to get caught up and swept up in that. Mm. And so I've I've met girls where I'm like yeah, cool, I'd probably date her. And I'd be happy to, but then I go and look at the template. I'm like, oh no, she doesn't align with these things. And yep. so it's like, it's very easy to get swept up in that. And if you don't have that stuff written out, then you're going to disregard it. Cause it's like, love's blinding. Even if you don't love the chick, it's like, yeah, I like her, this will do. Mm. So mm. having that written out, it's like your... It's like a single source of truth. Like it's your source of Yeah, it's of like truth. your logical self standing there and being like, bro, yep. your emotions are, are trying to sway you here. That's right. And so I found it really fucking valuable. Yeah, no, I love yeah. that. I love that. Especially because you can go on a couple of dates and you can get you can romanticize certain aspects of something. Exactly, man. And then if you go back to the template and they only tick, you know, four out of the 17 boxes, well then they're probably mm. not really a good fit, are they? Oh, 100%, bro. And you know, that's what I did with my last partner was I... I very much fell in love with the idea of her at the start and I always had that idea in my head and resentment built because I was like, you're not showing up like this. You're still not this person. Why not? Mm. And it's because I, I had this false idea. Mm. And so that's what, yeah, you've got to be so fucking clear on who you want to be with because I'm very firm on the idea that the woman you end up with will largely dictate the quality of your life. I agree. Yeah. So either either emphasize the, the good parts of your life or destroy you. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly with that. It's one of the things I learned from that video from Alex Hormozzi. The big, and there's another guy called Naval Ravadon. I don't know if you've heard of him. No. No, I'll share some of his, but he's a tech investor, philosopher, and he talks about this recently as well. He talks about the biggest decisions you should make in your life, which touches on this. His were the city you decide to grow up in in your early 20s will dictate some of your success. The value you decide to bring to the world, aka what career you choose or what job you pick or value you create. And then the third one, I believe, was um, who you decide to spend your life with as a partner. And that's one of the things Alex Hormozzi talks about. And then to your point, you can either make it, you can either amplify your life and make it so much better and make the high points are so much better and the lowers mm. are not as low, or it could be a, it could be a living hell, right? And I think it, when you've probably experienced it because I know I have, when you start to build resentment in a relationship, you, like your mind, listen to me, you can start to think some really fucked up shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like when the resentment starts to build, it almost builds uh, like, a little, like a little battery backpack in the back of your mind and you can feel like, you know, when it gets half charged, you start cooking up these weird thoughts. <laughs> yeah, bro. And you think, what, what, why, are the, why are these thoughts coming into my mind? If you know what I mean? And then oh, you yeah. realize, wait, there's some deeper stuff going on here where I'm not aligned you and that person are not aligned. We need to definitely fix something. And I know when I was in my relationship, I didn't have the balls. To, I tried, you tried to bring it up, but I didn't have the balls to like stampede that head on. And as you were a fan of JP, Jordan Peterson? Yeah. Yeah, and as yeah. he talks about like, you have to be able to slay the dragon willingly. And that idea is that if there is some sort of conflict or big problem, you need to go out there and voluntarily slay the dragon and it will not be as bad. But if you let the dragon come onto you unwillingly, it will be so much harder to 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 like to actually mm. beat and to slay, and so that uh, and that talks about that resentment part too. If you have something that's cooking within a relationship, you need to face that on head on and in life and business. It's like that saying of eating the elephant in the room. Mm. If you don't eat the elephant in the room, you're sort of just letting it it, it cook. Well, it's very it's very easy to just let things exist and and turn a blind eye. Mm. And I was a sucker for that. And that's something that I try and ensure that I never fucking do. You know, there was an, an uncomfortable uh, message I had to send yesterday and I was like, oh, I'll put it off, I'll put it off. But I, I was like, no. I, remember, I was like, this, this is where you're going to get growth. 
or this is where you're going to get set back on your park. Just fucking send it, man. Yeah. And it's very interesting because if you do just let things sit in the background, you you look, look, I look around at people, whether it's like family, whether it's strangers and they're 50, 60 years old and you're like, dude, I know you made a decision when you were like 18, 19, 20, 21 to just let that exist and deal with it later. And it's 60 years later and it's still fucking there. Yep. And that terrifies the fuck out of me, bro. It's like, imagine getting to that age and you're like, have an epiphany and you go, fuck, I could have done all these things, but I just didn't deal with this one thing. I didn't make that one decision. And that, that fucking terrifies me, bro. That terrifies me oh, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's terrifying, man. So it's the uncomfortable things and the difficult things that you don't want to do that are going to get you the growth. And my advice to anyone, if anyone wants advice, I don't know. But if you're in a position where you're like, I, I probably should do these things, but I, I don't feel like I can no one feels like that kind of the start. Like I just had to fucking force myself and will myself through doing things that I didn't want to do until that became a habit. And now it's a habit and it's like anything uncomfortable that comes up, like I, I have just have to do it. Otherwise I'm not who I am. And mm. if I'm not who I am, then I'm probably going to end up like one of those 60 year old fucking geeks. Yeah. That just sits there and like, oh, could have done this. And I used to do this. And it's like, sad man kind of think, i don't know about you but i can tell the difference between a 60 year old man or woman that has lived a fruitful life and followed either their heart or like done what they've wanted to do in life and they're joyful and they like bring you up they'll help you out they'll mm. offer a hand then you see the other 60 year old men and female and they're bitter and resentful and they hate the world they hate something about the world and they'll tell you about it and they're just like intoxicating. Like, yeah, you know, right. you, you hang around them type of people and they're at all ages, but just specifically with that, to your point of, you know, that older person who has lived a life where they're either been in quiet desperation their whole life and they haven't done the things they wanted to do. And then they're just bitter and they just hate the world. And you just think, fuck, wasted yeah, potential. Wasted potential is like, <sighs> it's, it's one thing I'm, yeah, it's one thing I'm scared of. It's the biggest thing I've always been scared of. But the, the best answer to that, because people probably sit there and go, oh, maybe I'm waste. It's in your control. It is 100% in your control. Yep. If you don't want to waste your potential, don't. Yep. Just go and do shit. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's this is fucking funny, dude. But I watched a, I was like three years ago, I think, maybe like, I watched a, like a cartoon movie called Soul. Have you seen that movie? No, I don't think so. It's a kid's movie. Okay. And I was, I was with a girl and she's like, just watch it. You're like, well, oh, fuck, whatever. So I watched it and it's so deep, bro. So Is there's- it? I love a good cartoon movie that's deep. Like I, the, the oh, classic ones. Have you yeah, seen man. Sinbad or anything like that? No. No, Sinbad's no. Another, another good one. Anyway, tell the story about Soul. So there's essentially like, it's, it's a, obviously a long movie, but there's yep. two, like it's about people's souls and there's lost souls and then there's like uh, happy or fulfilled souls or whatever. Yep. And it's just a movie about- there's all of these lost souls and they're dark and they're, you know, they're depressed and they hate life and they're in these like dark um, like cartoon fields and stuff, whatever. Yep. And they, they just don't know who they are, what they want to do with life. Right. And I look around, man, ever since watching that movie, my perspective shifted and I look around and I see people like that. I'm like, you're just going through life doing what you think people are meant to do. Fundamentally, you have a gut feeling that you're made for more, you're meant to do more, but you're just going through the motions and I look around, I see people doing that and it's sad, particularly when you see family or people you care about and you can see from the outside and you're like, you could and probably want to be doing so much more, but you just feel like you can't. 
And that's really fucking sad to see. Yeah. And so now it's like, if I ever have an idea, I think I got this from Hormozy, but if I'm not sure on what I want to do, it's like, what story would I rather tell in mm. five, 10, 20 years? Yeah. Like, that's why I went to Thailand. Yep. That's why I've started all these fucking business ideas and, and everything. It's like, they could fail, but even if they do, I would rather be broke, homeless and, you know, sick at 30 or 40 and tried all these things than be working nine to five and thinking about the cool shit I want to do going, yeah, I'll, I'll do it next year. I'll, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, man, the, the biggest thing that's helped me with everything is just like taking action, taking risk because at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter because you're going to die. There's only one thing that's guaranteed in life. It's death. It's death. And vegans and people with blue hair getting angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's actually uh, two. No, but honestly, man, there's one There's one thing that's guaranteed in life and that is death. And I think if uh, I saw a really good reel, it talked about a quote that the people that are in touch with their best version of themselves typically understand that death is real and death is coming. Mm. And it's a hard one to bake, right? Because no one, obviously, we avoid death at all costs. And it's a we hard don't know thing to what happens. About. Well, that's the thing, man. That's right. But if you sit with it and you think about it, what is death? What will happen after death? How do I want to live the last... I usually think a lot about how do I live, want to live the last 10 years of my life or what do I want to do before I die quite a lot. And it re, it brings me back into the present quite a bit. You know what I mean? Instead of me getting caught up in all the all the bullshit of life, of coming back down to what can I do today to get to where I want to do, uh, where, do I, where do I want to be? And it just aligns me back to what's really important and then just doing the mm. things that I want to do and then going with that. Because there's a lot of people that live their mundane lives and you've probably seen it more from, well, I know where I've seen it, mostly from like where I grew up in, in my hometown before I left, well, more when I come back, sorry. And you see people like going through the motions and mm. you know working a full-time job, having a kid and buying a house and then that's all they do for the rest of their life and they just talk about it. And for the people that love that and want to do that, they're not the people we're talking about. It's the people that want to do more but they just do that because their parents have told them they should do that. The teachers at school told them they should do that. Society's told them they should do that. And then they decide to go and do that. But then they build resentment towards the world. Mm. And so I think people need realize that we are unlimited balls of potential and you can really go do whatever you want to. I you can, bro. And I just had like a revelation as you're talking about that. So just realize this. People like that, they live a life of waiting. Like waiting to get home from work to do what they want to do, waiting for the weekend to see their friends, waiting for next year to go on that trip, waiting for retirement to enjoy life. Mm -hmm. But if you zoom out far enough, you never leave that phase of waiting. Like you're always waiting for that next moment. That's right. But then people like us, people who actually are living in alignment with their purpose, you don't wait for shit, man. You just go and do it. That's right. And I hate as we spoke about before, I hate talking as opposed to acting. Like very much, I, I try not to talk about anything. I just try and show things. But as I said to you before, a couple of us boys in the vault, we're going to South Africa next month. Yep. Just because someone said, why don't you come over and network? We're like, okay, let's fucking do it. Yep. We haven't booked it yet. So I'm hesitant to talk about it. But for me, it was like, I'm not in a good financial position. I'll be open about that. I definitely can't afford it. But what's the worst case scenario if I go? What's the best case scenario? It's like, if I don't go, I'm reinforcing the habit of putting things off until it's the right timing, which doesn't fucking exist. And I'm wasting an opportunity. So it's like, there's a fine line between taking a retarded risk and, <laughs> and taking action. Yep. But for me, 90% of the time, it's just like, just do it. 
because yep. the worst case scenario is probably not going to kill you and if you don't die then you're still walking and that's fine that's right you can always find your way out of a shit spot you'll work it out you yeah. still got your two hands and wi-fi you'll be able to work it out that's it bro yeah i think as well there's that thing where it's like he's here we're one phone call away one relationship away one networking event one experience away from you know unlocking the next level and so you never know that could be it could be a fine tooth comb situation but you could go there and connect with some people that you know, might be able to unlock a different part of your business or give you some advice. So you never know. And so that's obviously the risk that you got to take, mm. right? So it's so true, bro. You you literally are always one small decision away from a completely different life. It's not a cliche. It's mm. 100% true. Just, you know, the Iron Vol, for example, calling some of the boys and saying, this is my idea, I'm going to do it. And then doing it has literally changed my life. I've gone from having no friends to having a fucking brotherhood, yep. making more money in my first month of doing it than I did in like six months before that. Traveling to South, like you're just one fucking decision away. So whatever decision that is, whatever you've been thinking about doing, just do it. Because as I said, the worst case scenario, you're not going to fucking die unless you do, but you probably won't. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not going to die. And if you're still alive, then you learn from that setback and you level up. Yeah. Like Alex Lamosi talks about it. If you're not going to, you, you're probably not going to die. And that's fundamentally what every fear comes from. A lack of action comes from. If you're not going to die, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You're yep. fucking fine. Bro. That's right. You've got to work it out. Yeah. Obviously, there's been a tremendous amount of growth from when you were 15 to then going playing uh, VFL, going to Tassie, coming back, then going to Thailand, which we'll touch on. But from there to as like a bit of a time time capsule, what are two or three or what are some of the things that you've learned that have served you the best? What are their mental models or bits of advice you've been given that have helped you transcend Probably like your personal growth the most. In from when I was fifteen to now, or in yeah. what frame? Yeah, from fifteen to now. Yeah, okay. from. There's been a lot, bro, as you can imagine. But yeah. I mean, the most recent one. This has been in the last twelve or ten months. Yeah, has served me, and I said this on other podcasts. But just everything is my fault. Yeah, fucking everything is my fault. And I know that sounds like dark and gloomy, and but it's not blaming myself. It's mm. not saying like, you're an idiot. This is why this happened. But like, fuck you. It's more of a, this is my fault. I take responsibility. What can I do to, to get better? Mm. Again, like this is a, a black and white example, but let's say hypothetically your girl cheats on you. I would say take responsibility as that being your fault. Obviously it's not. But if you can accept your role in that, for example, I entered into a relationship, so I opened myself up to the possibility of being cheated on. That then takes the power away from the other party or the thing that's affected you and puts it in, in back puts you back in the driver's seat, right? So whatever it is, your position in life, anything shit that happens to you, if you take full responsibility, you say, this is my fault, that puts you in a position to then go, cool, how can I make sure this doesn't happen again or how can I handle this better in the future? How can I level up? And then it gives you a, a field of opportunity to improve yourself as a person. So for me, it's like, and I have to remind myself of this, anytime anything shit happens, it's my fault. Yeah, you know, like last weekend, bro. I had a flight back from Melbourne to Gold Coast, and I was going to Coffs Harbour to do my motorbike license, and I missed the flight. And they wouldn't change the course, blah blah. And I was like, "Fucking rrr, rrr, pissed off." And then I was like, "Hang on, it's my fault." <laughs> yeah, it's my fault. I'm gonna be pissed off because yeah. I missed the flight. I was late, and I'm never gonna do that again. Yeah, yeah. It's Take a, responsibility. Yeah. and Extreme. it's very hard to do, but it's simple. Yeah, extreme ownership by Jocko Willink is uh, the, it talks about that philosophy in that book. Is, is that where you got that from, or no? I, I actually got it from Tate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Interesting. He uh, in some of his older stuff, even his current stuff, he he stresses the point of everything's your fault. Yeah. 
And to me, if it's coming from the right place, it's it, there's nothing negative about it. I mean, if you're sitting there and you're going, it's my fault, I feel sorry for myself, I'm a bad person, blah, 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 that's very negative. Mm. So it depends on the, the intention behind it. But if you're saying, this happened, it's my fault, what can I do? There's nothing negative that can come from that yeah. at all. I think because I have the same mental model, I think the way, the way that I frame it is responsibility. So even mm. if you have, like, you're responsible in a part of a situation, you have to be able to take full ownership of the responsibility that you had in that. And so that's where you get the power from, even if it was external, mm. like say, let's say your your partner cheated on you. Well, potentially you couldn't have been given her a, a, enough affection. There's maybe things that you could have done better to prevent that from happening. Now she went and did the act. So it's, you know, you mm. couldn't have done anything about that, but there's a responsibility that you can take in, in, the, in the meantime and the part that you took to your point, either you entered the relationship or you may have done some things that have led to that behavior or you chose somebody that has a tendency to cheat. So you have to take responsibility for that as well, right? Correct, so, bro. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that framework and I think that is is tremendous. What are some things maybe more recently in the last 12 months that you've been able to help? And you mentioned it when we did the, the previous recording, um, but some things that have helped you to get more done, to be more productive uh, and to be more effective. Hmm. I think we've got to go into the breakup again, don't we? <laughs> that was a, that was a big thing, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, in that last recording, you asked me the biggest turning point. And like, as I said, I've had many, but the the breakup I went through about this time last year would have been like 10, 11 months ago. So yeah. as as most men, we all have a very similar story. So we've gone through a breakup, transformation, went to the gym, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was very similar for me, but I was, yeah, I was with this girl for like two years Thought we were going to get married, have children together. We moved to like three different cities together. And then we moved to Sunny Coast. Two weeks later, out of nowhere, once broke out with me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, three or four days later, we found out she's pregnant. And so it's just this cocktail of like, we're breaking up. She's going to go back to Tasmania. I'm left in Sunny Coast. We got a child to, essentially, we can't keep it. We got to get rid of it, terminate it, etc. And so for me at that point, I was very much still like a beta bitch. I was emotionally reactive. I was stepping into, I'd been learning a lot about masculinity, but I hadn't practiced it yet. So I was more of a, a theorist and a practitioner, as Goggins talks about. And so yeah, she's gone back home. I'm left in the sunny coast dealing with, you know, the house, uh, paying rent, all that kind of stuff on my own. And yeah, she's gone back home to find herself. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not, not saying that in a negative way, but many women go to find themselves and they find themselves in the wrong situation. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I know exactly what um, you mean. As Tristan Tate says, they find themselves in another man's bed. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> just partying, going to festivals and shit. And I'm there like, fuck, I've got to pay the rent this week. I've got to, you know, I'm working my business, working this job, etc. And then, so we're on a break for a month. She came back after like two or three weeks and... She's like, yeah, I want to be with you, definitely, blah, blah, So, like, we started again, and, yeah, that lasted, like, maybe a month or so. And then again, out of nowhere, she wants to break up again. So, that was that was it that time. And just, just to add on as well, and I said this before, I take full responsibility. I was a, a fuckwit in a lot of ways in that relationship. Like, I had a lot of emotional issues that I hadn't dealt with. I was trying to, but I didn't feel I was in the right position to do so. And so, I put her through some stuff that you know, no one really wants to go through. So I take responsibility for that. But yeah, so we, we broke up for the second time. She's gone back home. 
I'd quit my job like a week before that because she said, yeah, I'm going to work now so you can um, have time to focus on your business and build that. And so I was, uh, I was jobless, had nowhere to live. I was fucking heartbroken, lost a, a potential child I was going to have with who I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And I was like, fuck, this is an opportunity to either continue down the same path and live a pretty shitty life or take full responsibility for everything, pull my head in. And so like, I probably had three, four, five days where I was battling, but, and I think you need to go through that at the start, but I pulled myself out of it pretty quickly. Went and lived with dad who I'd reconnected with, um, lived with him for a little bit, sleeping on his couch. It's quite funny, bro. He goes to bed at like 2 a.m. So I would go and sleep in his room at eight. Then at like 2 a.m. he'd wake me up. I'd sleep on the couch. He'd go sleep in his bed. It was just like a fuckery of a situation. What's he doing up until then? I just watch his TV, bro. <laughs> gotcha, yeah, okay. Anyway. Um, so yeah, and after about a week of being in the pits, I was like, cool, I just need to set three non-negotiables. So for me, it was record a podcast every day. It was post a piece of content. It was go to the gym. And so for me, it was so messy, but I just made sure I did those things every day. Some days I'd be up to like 2 a.m., couldn't sleep, feel like shit, but I just got those three things done. And I was like, I'm going to come out of this at some point. As long as I can maintain these three things, I'm going to be in a really fucking good position to just, you know, catapult and slingshot forwards. And I did that. And when I came out of it and I started to feel good again, like I haven't lost any progress. I've still been podcasting every day, but going to the gym, I was in phenomenal shape and what was the last one? I was, I was posting content. So that, that allowed me to then start making money in my business for the first time which was, you know, two years in the making nearly. And I started making money. It was exciting. And then I realized I needed a big fucking shake up. So I said to a couple of people close to me, I was like, what do you think of this? I want to move overseas. Didn't have money, but I was like, fuck it. I'll make it work. So I committed to moving to Thailand in August, which I then did. And pretty much from the breakup, which was like, I think around May up until nearly December, I was just Sigma mode. No mates, no connections, nothing. And as you know now, I'm very much someone who relies on like brotherhood and connection. And so that was, like, it was quite tough. Probably hit another rock, not rock bottom, but another turning point where I was like, I need people. And so, yeah, that like six, eight month period of loneliness was really fucking necessary because I learned a lot about myself and I, I leveled up a lot and I learned to progress and deal with things on my own. Mm. But then I got to the point where I was like, I need brothers. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much what's led me to hear today being with you it's a long-winded answer but you know there was there's a lot more to unpack obviously but dude like as you would know every man needs to go through a fucked up breakup yeah because that's what that's what mans you up eh? agreed no 100 yeah. percent. i think it's uh i think we, we talked about it before but i think every male uh well we talked about rite of passages on the previous one which we haven't talked on this one but i think a breakup is almost a rite of passage it's the first real heartfelt emotional torment you go through on the emotional scale because it's not physical hopefully um and you have to go through that and you have to realize you know because i thought i was going to spend the rest of my life with this that my previous partner too i thought it was mm. going to be i was i was convinced i was, I was fairly convinced it was going to be the one and it wasn't and so you have to go through that and then you have to grow you have to reflect you have to realize where you fucked up you have to go through all this torment and inner inner work as well which gets overlooked sometimes as a man but it's definitely very important and one of the key aspects and then when you come out on the other side of it, you come out a much better person, a much more level person. You have your values intact. You have your non-negotiables intact and you can come back to the world mm. a better person, a better man. Right? Mm. And I think it's, I think it's definitely important. Right? And I think it's, I think it's, 
as he said, there's no real rite of passage in the West, Western world anymore. You know what I mean? Some people go to the military. Some people go and travel, which is what I did. Um, but, you know, even with all them, thi- I didn't go to the military, but when traveled, then even with that, I had done a lot of self-growth. I'd lost a lot of weight, but then, you know, I had, I thought I'd fixed a lot of my shit, but then when you go into a relationship, it all gets battle tested, as I like to say, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it gets forged by fire because you're either really knuckled down on what you said you're going to do or you're going to get swayed by the feminine energy saying, nah, it's all right, just stay in bed a Come little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all right. You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to get a little massage, maybe cook some breakfast, you know what I mean? Yeah. It gets, you, get, you get tested in the real world and then you realize, ah. Oh, That's the start of your fucking downfall, bro. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, yeah. It definitely can be. I know from personal experience when you start to let go of like the things that kept keeps keeps me as a like a good keeps me as a good person. Like exercising every day, journaling every day. These things make me a better human and less of a cunt. And so when I, st- <laughs> oh, I'm being dead set. I'm being dead yeah, set. Fuck it, because I fall into the the pit of like. Uh, because I had a father that was very like emotional, he used to like play emotional games with me. So I can mm. like pick out people's weaknesses, and in my mind, I can just it's it, I can want to want to I can want to want to attack somebody. But if I like mm. don't, if I am not exercising, then I get I can just feel this you know unnecessary you know hate sort of not even hate like I don't hate anyone, but like I can I want mm. to attack people for no real reason. But no if I exercise, if I journal, it it, it grounds me. You know, humble pie every day, and it makes me a better human being. So to my point with the relationship is when you get someone that takes you away from the things that keeps me equal or your equilibrium, then you start to build resentment, right? Because then you can feel the old version of yourself creeping back in. And I know that definitely happened for me. And then you start Mm. to, I became more emotional and all these other things start to unpack. um, And then you have to go through that whole phase of coming out of that and then re-sewing the fabric that kept, you know, keeps you together, right? Mm. And And then you grow, so. Yeah, man, well said. Yeah, it's. So I want to touch on. So you you said you've got to do that inner work. Like it's it's a very important point, man. Because I don't want to be talking about her fucking exes the whole time, but I will. You know, we've got our differences, but I I will credit her to this. I remember we broke up. She said to me, "You've got to give your darkness some light. Like give it some light to to really Mm. uh, be explored." And that was massive for me because at the time, like, and I still have a lot of darkness, but it's changed. You know, I had a lot of darkness and it had control over me. So I would allow it to control my expression. And I just kept suppressing. I was like, this is fucking bad. This is a bad part of me. I just need to get rid of it. But she told me to give it some light. And I did that. And it allowed me to really get to know it on a deeper level. And it's still there, but it doesn't control me. I now harness it and utilize it in a very, like, I know I'm capable of being a fucking monster, Yeah, but I don't feel the need to use that because I'm competent in my own degree, if that makes sense. So no. it's, it's very important to do that work, man. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And Jordan Peterson talks about it as well. It's like the being a weak man is actually much more worse in society and having weak men because then they will be, they'll try and manipulate you and make, and make you be, mm. make you do things you don't want to do. And they'll do all these, you know, nasty things. It's better to have a man that is capable of danger, but has himself in order and competent that mm. he doesn't need to do that. Correct. Right. That is that yeah, is man. that is the way that you. It's a much. It's a, the saying. An old Asian proverb goes that it's better to be a warrior in a garden mm. than a gardener in a war. Right? Exactly, man. And that, yeah. that saying sums it up perfectly. It's better to be there, six pack, fit, able to able to kick somebody in the head if you need to. You've got a brown belt in jujitsu, but you don't use it. Yeah. You know, walk into the room, calm as calm as an ounce. Yeah. Well, you might have somebody over there who's yapping a lot. But they don't. They've yeah. never been through anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a that's a weak man that is willing to 
make a mistake and, and he'll, he'll have to reap the consequences of it. Exactly, bro. I, I fucking love that philosophy and I live by it. It's like, I don't want to quote Tate on everything, but, you know, he talks about gun violence, knife violence, rape, sexual assault, all that stuff, and it's weak men, you know? It's, yep. At the end of the day, and this is dark, but it's a reality, every single man is capable of raping a woman. There's no, like, every man can, but it's the men who cannot control their emotions, it's the men who are slave to their desires that will actually go and do it. Like, if you look at any man who's sexually, not a man, any male who's sexually assaulted a woman, he doesn't have emotional control or emotional intelligence. He just does what he feels like doing. Yeah. Maybe he gets angry, maybe he wants, he just has this impulse and he goes and does it. Yeah. And so, it's like, if, this is why masculinity is so important, is because if every man in the Western civilization was masculine, there would be none or very little knife crime. There would be very little sexual assault because I can sit there, not me, let's say hypothetically there's a man sitting there and he goes, I have an impulse to go and stab this man, but I know that that's not going to serve anyone positively, so I'm not going to do it. But a man who is a slave to his emotions, you say something to me that pisses me off, fuck you, or I'll stab you, I'm going to jail. Yeah. Or your boys come and beat me to death and I fucking die. And yeah. no, no one ends up in a good situation by doing that. Agreed. So, Agreed. yeah, that quote's better be a, a, a warrior in a, in a garden than a garden gnome on a battlefield is so fucking powerful, man. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. I think no repercussions for your actions as well um, is a big one. And that's where it stems from too. On a previous podcast, I heard that you were on, I heard the guy talk about it where he was in martial arts and just as a young kid, he was going to walk through a class mm. that was bigger than him and he got told to, he got an arm across his uh, an arm across his chest and he said, go around, which is respect. And it's also, it's two things. It's respect and it's consequences for your actions, right? Mm. So at a very fundamental level, at a very low level, it's like, if you go do that, there's going to be consequences, don't do that. And then there's respect for elders as well. Things that a masculine man, definitely has and then he's learned that lesson through that through that experience as well mm. and so you see people that are like stabbing people and doing these like you know or raping people they've got no consequences for their actions emo emotional impulse um and they're just downright weak people 100 mm. man 100 and it's it's why there's so many of these issues in the western society specifically australia is because you're right there are no consequences it's like if you speed like you're probably going to get slapped harder than if you go and fucking kick at someone. Yeah. <laughs> you hear some stories where people get like king hit or they get, you know, there's certain things happen, assault, and then it, they don't really get... Oh, mental health issues. Yeah, blah, 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 here yeah. You go. That's right. They just throw that term around like it's like it's a coin or it's... A, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really sad. Mm. So it's really sad. It is, bro. When you've gone through... So obviously the breakup is a big one and I've gone through one as well and, and going through that. So I can definitely relate. Um, when you went, what was the really the big drivers? You sort of touched on it a little bit, but what made you want to go to Thailand, and why? What well, when you were at that stage in your life, you've just come out of um, post. Well, currently in Sigma mode, you've just broken up with your partner. You're working things out. You're grinding a lot. What was the attraction to Thailand? It it actually evolved. So like initially, I was going through the breakup. Uh, you know, I was. I had the realization that I had completely lost my desire to like explore and experience the world. Mm. So I used to very much be like, like a fucking, uh, like a, a shining star. Like I'd just go and do fun shit and I'd be like the life of the party in a sense. Like I'd just go and do fun shit and I love that. And in that relationship that got suppressed and I was just staying at home and doing this and that. And that was my own fault, of course. Mm. And I realized that I had lost that. And so I was like, cool. I'm a very intense person. I go all in on shit. So instead of going, yeah, I might move to back to Melbourne. Or do, I was like, I'll just move overseas. Fuck it. <laughs> So 
I was going to go to Dubai. I thought about uh, like Portugal, even Sweden, but I'm just going to go to Sweden for the girls, mate. Weren't you? Oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I met a few in Thailand actually, so it works out quite well. Yep. Um, we won't go into that, but <laughs> yeah, I had wanted to learn a martial art, specifically Muay Thai for quite some time. And I put that off during the relationship. So I was like, fuck it. I'll go to Thailand. It's cheap. It's close. You can learn Muay Thai. Let's do it. So the motive was actually to go back into that, like experiencing, exploring life kind of thing. But I didn't move to Thailand for probably like three or four months after I made the decision. And in that period of time, I went into Sigma mode grinding. And so when I got to Thailand, I didn't do what I initially went there to do. Right. Ironically, I was still sitting in my hotel room fucking 10 hours a day working, going to train, you know, didn't see many people. Yep. And so, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll go into it. It was like two months into the three month um, trip. So it was going to be three months. I burnt myself the fuck out because all I was doing is working and training. And at that point I was so disciplined. I was like up at 5am every day, do this, do that. And I couldn't leave bed for like two days pretty much. Cause I was right. like, I just, there's no point. I didn't want, I was like, I was so fucking burnt out. So, Again, action solves everything. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go back to Australia, go back to Gold Coast, um, build a brotherhood, etc. But I'm going to give myself a month. So I said, next week, I'm going to put business on hold for a week. I'm going to travel around Thailand for a bit, which I did. And that was an eye-opener. I went back and partied a fair bit. Did all that stuff, which I hadn't done in a long time. And I just had a, had a blast. Like I, I was undisciplined. I allowed myself to do whatever I wanted. And that was, I think I needed to do that. Because it then opened my eyes back up to working hard, but also living life. Mm. But I was, I was just doing the wrong things with the wrong people. But I felt like I needed to do that because yep. it gave me that perspective shift. So I came back to Australia and yeah, I, I pretty much built a brotherhood, started doing fun shit while working hard. Yep. And so it's just the perfect balance now, bro. It's, yeah, no, I love that. I think when you go back into that party, not party stage, but you, you allowed yourself to go do that. Um, you can take the bits out of it that you really enjoyed and then you can even take the good bits out of it, swap the people, mm, uh, for example. Exactly, bro. Take the good bits out of it, swap the people, boom, that's, you know, then you're with people that you're aligned with doing things that you both have, you're both enjoying. That's obviously a great experience. So there's, you know, you can, if you allow yourself to dissect the good things and the bad things from a, from a situation, Bruce Lee's uh, uh, philosophy is like in martial arts, you can take the good and then leave the bad mm. and it's the same with all things really if you can analyze that you know three or four weeks of you partying these there's good bits and bad bits of it and you swap them around and you can recreate that experience right for mm. example so to your point if you're going over to south africa that's a you're traveling exploring the world then you do it with people that you want to actually do then you work on things you want to work on together and build you've just created a cool experience ticking the boxes that you want to do yeah. uh, with the people that you want to be with doing the things that you want to achieve right so exactly bro I'm so fucking excited for this trip. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm so fucking excited because like I was excited to go to Thailand, but it just when I got there, it wasn't exciting because I was alone and I very mm. much need people. And you you've summed it up perfectly, dude. I actually did a YouTube video on it last week. Is like working hard for that six month like Sigma quote period showed me what I want to be doing, which is working hard on something meaningful. Yeah. But then going out and partying and like connecting with people showed me what I need, which is connection. And so you you create I put the two together and combine them. And then that's where you find more of your purpose. Yes. And it's, yeah, man, it's, it's a journey. Yeah. Like it's cliche, but it is just a journey of like, try something, 
learn what worked well, what didn't, try something new and continue to adapt that until you hit that point where you're like, fucking bliss. Yeah. Life's good. Yeah. yeah. People make life, hey, like when you think about it, like we talked about it before, but you can have like partner, a partner in your life and you can either make it so much better, the highs are mm. highs, or it can you know, make your life hell. Same in business, friendships, relationships. People will either make your life better because when the moments you decide to share with them and experiences, you'll have better experiences because you'll be with better people that you want to spend your time with. And then if you're with shit kickers, you're just going to have a worse time, right? So it's mm. it's really a fundamental part of life because you know you go through and you can do your own stuff. But if you have people that align with you, that you have the same values and brothers and friends or family, either by proximity or chosen, you're going to have such a better experience. Yeah. Right? Exactly, bro. So I think one of the, the this is probably one of two of the two biggest takeaways from living in Thailand was the people around you they will always over a long enough period of time convince you and justify as to why their way of living is the right way to live life mm. so I'm hanging around with people who are free spirited they love traveling they party they do fun shit yep. dude after a few weeks I'm like oh maybe I'm not actually ambitious maybe, maybe this is how you're meant to live just enjoy life <laughs> you know you come back Hang out with yourself, all the boys. Yeah. We're going to lunch, we're talking business, we're doing fun shit, we're leveling up, going to the gym. And it's like, why the fuck would anyone want to party? Yeah. And so <laughs> Yeah. It's yeah. about finding the people who when you're with them, their way of living just feels right to you. Because, you know, people will all be always be able to justify why you're doing well. And it's yeah. like if I run five Ks a week and everyone I hang around with is a fat fuck that plays Fortnite and vapes all day, I'm going to feel like I'm dominating. But if I run 5Ks a week and I'm hanging out with killers, I'm going to feel like a fucking loser. That's right. So I've found that you need to hang around with people who justify as to why you're not doing enough, not people mm. who justify why you're doing enough. Because yeah. then that puts a ceiling on your growth. Yeah. You've, yeah. Uh, you've rebranded something that I like to live by, and that's getting yourself in rooms where you're in the bottom two or three. Yeah. Um, not in rooms where you're in the top two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you're in the room where you're top two or the best, then you know there's going to be... Mm. Not much growth. You know what I mean? You're not going to be, unless you're with somebody else and you're like both going to the top. But if you're in a room where you're in like the bottom three and there's like five, you know, there's definitely room to grow and you mm. can help as well. And then you just keep growing all together. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of the philosophies that mm. I like to live by. I love that, bro. Well, I'd, love, I'd love to ask you, being in the Iron Vault, mm. you're in your early stages of business. Like you haven't actually launched a business yet where everyone else, most of the other guys, are, you know, established. Yep. Like normally our criteria role is like you, you need to have a business to be inside, but mm. we see your character and know what you like and we love having you in there. Yep. What's it like not having a business yet but being around people who are doing well? Uh, makes me feel a little bit small. Makes me feel like I can't add enough value, which is probably why I haven't been on as many calls as, as because I think about like what can I actually add? This parts of my job because technically I'm a corporate appointment setter by trade. Mm. So there's definitely skills there in sales, in how to nurture people to get onto calls, how to close to some degree because I worked in a, as a gym manager. I closed like a thousand gym memberships. Uh, worked in sales, face to face selling paintball tickets. I've sold at big events. Um, so I know how to sell. But there's in terms of like certain things like Facebook ads and other bits because the businesses that you guys are running a different is a different lens or requires a different skill set to what I've have. So sometimes it feels like I can't add as much value. Um, but it makes me realize that uh, like I learned to tremendous amounts. Like speed is key. Working on certain things. But to answer your question directly, um, it makes me realize that um, I know what I need to do to get it done, and it's just need to move quick and it. Uh, 
it helps me just realize that uh, self-limiting beliefs on myself and just need to, like, speed is key, if you know what I mean? Like, just mm. need to move, 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 and not, like, not fuck around. Just keep get, getting mm. things done. But it's good. It, it, uh, I think it elevates me. I think it makes me be better. Um, and there's definitely other things that I'm doing as well in terms of my health and in terms of the podcast. But, yeah, I think it's, it's, all, it's all beneficial. There's nothing bad about it. You know what mm. I mean? It's, I feel great to be around people like yourself and, like, Will, like, Jamos, like, Brandon um tyson like they're all killers zen like they're all killers in their own mm. right so i think i'm exactly where i need to be and then give me more time of this week i'm gonna launch it and then give me more time and then it'll be it'll be good once you get the first dollar um mm. i'll be i'll be laughing so yeah it's exciting when you when you do start making money i think a bit of advice for well everyone is even when you feel like you don't add value most of the time you can so like you know when I first started the Iron Vault and I was working with Will a bit on my business, he was far further ahead than me in terms of business. I was you know, doing more in other aspects like um, fitness, training, mindset, that kind of stuff. So I, feel like, I felt like I didn't add value to him mm. and he was adding value to me in terms of business. But then what I soon realized was there are areas I can add value to him yeah. where yep. he, he is behind me in a sense. Yep. And so my advice to people is just zoom out enough and look at where so if you're getting value from x person look at where they're lacking and look yeah. at what you're good at and there's always something you can plug in like there's always mm. something and it's just about zooming out enough and looking with very you know broad vision and seeing yeah this dude's adding value to me in x y and z way but where there's value there's always lack because for something to be good you got to sacrifice something else mm. and this is what alex hormozzi talks about he's like the dude who's starting out versus me the dude who's starting out is probably going to offer, you know, for example, a gym, a more personal um, approach as opposed to Hormozy, just a number. Mm. There's always value you can put in. That's mm. that's something I've learned. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. I'll definitely take that on board too. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Of course, bro. Yeah. One question I've got for you as well. I heard you talk about this word, um, trauma. And I'm curious, <laughs> how, do, how do you define... Gay. How do you... <laughs> how do you well, I'm curious because I've heard Alex Hormozy talk about how he defines it yeah. and other people. And how do you define trauma? Bro, I know. I think I know what video you're talking about. The podcast with Chris Williamson mm. when he was talking about it. Mm -hmm. I listened to that and I was like, "That is exactly how I define trauma." Trauma is such a fucking stupid word, man. <laughs> like, bad things. Life is full of experiences. Experiences are good, bad, terrible, awesome, everything in between. It's like label it trauma, energy, whatever the fuck you want. It's all gay, man. It's <laughs> to me, it's very simple. Bad things happen. They're gonna change the way you view the world. Change the way you act. At that point in time, that new way of dealing with things probably serves you. Like for example, for me, we'll, we'll call it trauma. With my dad walking out, that gave me like, you know, abandonment issues and all that shit. We'll call it trauma if you want to. But at the time, that caused a lot of like attachment issues with my mom. And so that served me at the time because it was like I didn't want to lose mom. But that doesn't fucking serve me now. And so it's just realizing this thing happened to me. It caused me to act differently to protect myself. It doesn't serve me anymore. All I need to do is change my behavior. Like it's so fucking simple, man. It yeah. doesn't have to be because you know, you've got to work through this trauma and change the energy and release it and just change your behavior. Realize the thing doesn't, your behavior doesn't serve you anymore because this thing happened to you. Change your behavior, change your belief on it and realize that that thing could happen again because bad things happen. But if it does, I know how to deal with it. Mm. And look, there's definitely value in like processing the bad things that happen to you, but it doesn't need to take long, dude. Like it can take a couple of hours just to really understand 
why it happened, why you behave that way now. And then you're put in a position where you can realize, cool, this is how I could act in replacement of that to better serve me. I just, I, I hate the word trauma. It's so gay. <laughs> why do you think people don't want to do that, that deep work or spend time with themselves? Because it's, it's hard. It's a lot easier to just avoid it. Hmm. I mean, it's very easy to go, my life is fine the way that it is. So I may as well keep doing what I'm doing. But when you get that first taste of growth, you know, you evolve, you progress, and you realize that that's a result of doing that work you don't want to do, then you see the benefit in it. But until then, you go, my life's fine. I have fun with the boys. I go drink beers on the weekend. I fucking sleep in. I play Fortnite. I suck my vape because I'm a little gay boy. It's like, life's fine the way that it is. I don't need to change. Mm. Until you change something, you get a positive result and then you go, oh my God, why wasn't I doing this earlier? Yeah. Even I fall in the trap sometimes, bro. It's like, things are fine. I don't need to change anything. Until mm. you change something. And then the outputs change and your life changes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I'm curious, <coughs> obviously you've got big aspirations and big goals, but I'm curious, Nick, what do you really want to get out of life? Oof. What a question, bro. I've been thinking about this a lot. I like, in the least arrogant way, I feel like I'm like very far ahead of most people my age mentally. Like I hear people like Alex, Mosey, Andrew Tate, they get to their thirties, et cetera. And they go, my priorities have changed. Like it's family, it's experiences. It's not tangible things. And I've actually feel like I'm stepping into that now, which feels really weird to say, because I'm nowhere near that level of success. But like nowhere near, man, nowhere near where I want to be either. But I've always dreamed of like having the big fucking house and the nice cars and the, you know, the, the chicks and all that. And don't get me wrong, I still want the nice stuff, but that's not that important to me, man. Like I own a backpack or two backpacks worth of stuff now because I don't need more. I feel like it weighs me down. When I, when I make money, I want to spend it on experiences and people I care about. You know, like I had my biggest week in business about a month ago and could have gone out and bought nice shit and all that stuff, but I just didn't feel like it would have been rewarding. So I took mum and my sister out for a really nice dinner and that was, a, that was an epic experience. And then tasting that was like, that's all I, like once I've, I still want nice stuff, I want to travel and whatnot, but I just want to spend money on people I care about, give them good experiences, give myself good experiences and life's good. If you've got good people around you, you do things that you enjoy doing and you have new experiences and you give good experiences to those people, what more can you want? Mm. Like, obviously you want to be handsome and ripped and all that stuff and that's already ticked off, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Don't forget, about, don't forget about the humble and the, very, the handsome. Very humble. I'm incredibly humble. My handsome friend. and humble as well. <laughs> uh, but you, you don't need a lot of stuff, bro. Like, I see a lot of people focus on the, the things. I still want a nice car, don't get me wrong, but it's like, I don't want a Ferrari or any of that shit. I just want a HSV because it's my dream car. I want to work on it and have it as a, a hobby. But for me, it's just, in answer to your question, like a, a, a summary, what I want to get out of life, spend it with good people, doing good things that I enjoy doing, 
and unlock the best version of myself. Mm. And it's very simple, but it's hard to do. It's very, it's obviously very fucking hard, but it's simple. Mm. You know, I don't think life needs to be overcomplicated. Yeah. That's, Once you hit them things, then what? Well, you see, that's the thing, dude. Material success, there's a, there's a limit you can hit. There's a point at which you take Andrew Tate, for example. He's got all the cards. He's got everything you need. Like, you cannot get more material things than what he has. And there's a ceiling to that. But there's no ceiling on experiences and, and people. Mm. You can do that for the rest of your life. Mm. And there's also no ceiling on your potential. Because if you think of someone who is, the, let's say, the most successful person in the world they could still get better. So there's no, there's no cap on that, which is one of my purposes is unlocking self-mastery. So there's no cap on that. There's no cap on experiences. There's no cap on spending time with people. So that's why I think they're such valuable goals is because even if you live to fucking 6,000 years old, you'll still be able to continue doing those things more. Yep. So there's only so much stuff you can get, bro. I love that. You've actually thought about the question quite a bit because the, when I heard it, the, the typical answer is material things and you have to get to where you've just gone to. So mm. you have thought about it recently. What experience, was it the, was it the experience with your mum and your sister, do you reckon, that changed the perspective maybe? Because that was semi-recently. Um, mm. Do you think that shed some light on what you really want to get out of life? Not really. I think it reinforced the idea. I, I think it was more so starting the iron vault dude like being around mm. the boys i was in thailand and it was like i've just moved to a new country i'm training every day i'm working online and i'm fucking borderline i'm not going to say depressed because I, but i was just life was dull mm. i wasn't enjoying doing things and then the juxtaposition of just like going out for lunch with the boys and laughing that the fulfillment that brought me was a thousand times higher than moving to a new country yeah and that just showed me it was like things don't fucking matter they're cool to have, but you need you need people, experiences, and connections. And you you can go about that the wrong way. Obviously, you know, like we spoke about this before, going through like a call it like a that fuckboy phase or a partying yeah. phase, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's like I've had connections with people where I was just partying, snorting lines, taking pills, and it's like that's fun, brings you happiness, but not fulfillment. Yeah, and there's a big difference between happiness and fulfillment. Happiness is... Or pleasure. Pleasure and fulfillment. Well, yeah, exactly, man. But I would say happiness and pleasure are the same thing because doing drugs, drinking, it makes you happy, mm. but it wears off. Whereas fulfillment... And, and not to mention, you need that external thing to feel the happiness. So like mm. if you... Money can buy you happiness. If I go and buy a Ferrari, that'll make me fucking happy. <laughs> but if I fly to Thailand, I can't take the Ferrari, so I'm not happy anymore. Mm. Whereas fulfillment comes from you know, being in alignment with who you are, what you want to do, having good people around. Fly to Thailand with the boys or I'm, I'm still following my purpose that I'm still fulfilled. Mm. And that's a, that's a long lasting feeling because it comes from within. It's cliche, but it's true, bro. No, for sure. Mm. No, definitely. I think intrinsic motivation or fulfillment is going to outweigh any type of extrinsic motivation or fulfillment or pleasure that you would get rather um, any day of the week. Mm. I found that with myself as well. Like whenever I've had things where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get fitter for X event it's always flaky where compared to where if I go, I'm the type of person that trains four times a week in the gym and runs 30 or 40 Ks a week because that's just who I am. Then 
I I get up every time. There's no like I don't, I don't even need discipline. If you know what I mean, it's just what mm. I do. You know what I mean? so yeah, that, exactly, man. That change is an internal change, not because of an external event or or a reason. Um, and I think that's with anything. I think what you mentioned just then, you shed some light on really getting aligned with the type of person that you wanted to be, whether it's on a value and a fulfillment level. And then once you identify that, you can reverse engineer what you want, right? mm. which is what you've already done. Um, mm. But so some, for someone listening going, oh, how would you get to that stage? Reverse, I think reverse engineering is one of the great hacks of, yeah. of life, right? It's like identifying the, the goal and then reverse engineering it back all the way down to the fundamental steps mm. and bite-sizing steps if you have to. And I would recommend you do that with someone else because it, it, personally, I find it can get quite overwhelming or you get a lot of analysis paralysis if you're trying to do that yourself. Mm. But like if you and I were to sit here and go, you tell me, hey, bro, this is what I want to do. It's like I can, we can very easily talk back and forth and be like, cool, this is what you need to go and do right now. Mm. Then what you do after that. And eventually it's like step, 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 action, action, action. And you get to that end point. And another cliche, but it is about the journey, not the, not the outcome. Because something I've learned like through personal experience is that the outcome is never what you expect it to be in terms of the, the payout. Mm. Because if you've got a big goal or even a small goal, you think about it and you play it out in your mind so many times that when you actually hit it, it's like, what now? You're like, mm. you, you've, you've done it, what now? And so if you can actually truly get fulfillment out of taking the steps that lead you towards where you want to get to, you can never ever run out of fulfillment or happiness because mm -hmm. it's doing the things that make you happy and you can always do something. So it's like, dude, don't get me wrong. It's nice looking in the mirror and like, you know, seeing a six pack and looking good and getting compliments from chicks and having money and being able to do that shit. That's, that's very enjoyable and it's a nice feeling, but nothing feels better than when you're in the gym and you're lifting some fucking weights and you don't want to because you're tired and it's like, but this is who I am. This is what I do. Mm. And you feel good for the rest of the day. 100%. Yeah, and yeah. over a long enough time horizon, you feel good for the whole year, for the whole month, because it's like, I've just been doing these things over and over and I've evolved. And it's very, very hard to lose progress if you've built it up over time. Mm, definitely. Hard. Yeah, definitely. Even if you do take a few days off the gym because you're sick or whatever, you get back into it mm. and you, you're right back where you are really after two or three sessions. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. Currently now you're doing the Iron Vault. So you do an Iron Vault Educator and the Iron Vault. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? What is exactly the Iron Vault and why would someone join? Iron Vault Educator, I guess. We'll start with that. Educate. Uh, it's still very new, so it's in the, in the growing pain phases. But the idea and the purpose is to provide beginner entrepreneurs, high achievers or aspiring, you know, ambitious driven guys with brotherhood, mentorship, and guidance and accountability because those are the things that I needed when I was breaking away from my old mates. I remember how fucking difficult that was. And if I just had a community to inject myself into that were all about achieving goals, making money, going to the gym, it would have made the journey a lot easier. And I don't necessarily think the journey should be easy. It's still going to be hard, but if you've got brothers around you, it makes the hard more manageable. Mm. So yeah, dude, the, the goal of that and the intention of that is to provide these guys with education, to give them accountability, give them brotherhood and some masculine competition. 
got a fucking push-up competition in the telegram uh last week the boys are going back and forth 200 300 400 it's just cool to see yeah yeah, yeah. for sure no i think that's one of the best things one of my favorite quotes from tate is when him and his brother live together and they do like a workout yeah and then they're just like <laughs> going back and forth working out working out working out trying to beat mm. each other the one that actually comes to my mind is this stepper machine yeah bro in the war room yeah in the war room. Yeah. it's like 20 minutes or 15 minutes and it's not very long but it's the amount of steps you can get in that time yeah. and they're just sitting there boards 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 you know so yeah men are simple dude we, we masculine competition is like 90 percent of fucking life dude mm. i want to make more money than you i yep. want to be better than i want to be fitter than you it's just it's healthy because mm. i know if i don't know about you but i look around at the boys in the iron vault and you know last night tyson sends in screenshot five thousand dollars in the bank account will and jamos um 5k cash collected today whatever it is and it's like i'm not fucking jealous I love to see that, but I'm going to make more than you, bro. Mm, no, like, 100%. Yeah, it inspires you and then you're like, okay, how can I do better? Mm. Yeah. You, you, it's about bringing your brothers up and then beating them. And then they beat you and you beat them. Yeah. And you evolve together. It's a continuous spiral, like upwards, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you continually twirl each other up and inspire each other to be better. Mm. Yeah. And that's why for the Iron Vault, so really stringent on the values. And that's, you know, brotherhood, authenticity. Uh, masculinity and accountability and if anyone anyone tries to join or joins and they're not authentic they get envious jealous of each other they're fucking gone bro because the the energy and the the sacred feeling inside of that brotherhood far outweighs any money that i can make from you know getting new members so that's great so that's a fucking warning for anyone who joins. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. I think it is very sacred when you have a very core group of like brothers that you can be around. It's it does have like that sacred energy towards it, right? Because it's mm. just you feel like you're in a little bit like in a in a rat pack. I know that I struggled with it when I was younger because I've got my mates from my hometown, but then trying to break away and do these other things that are you know a bit a bit a bit rogue, like create a podcast or create build my personal brand and wanting to start a business and going to start a business. You get caught up in like this, you know tall poppy syndrome people want to cut you down or just like get you know they're just you get sort of removed from the normal if you know what i mean and i remember even like contemplating with the idea of like joining the military because i just i I was like trying to think where is it you know what i mean like where is it as in it being like the people that i'll be able to align with yeah and then when i was younger just like 2021 when i first moved here i remember when i first moved here i did a half marathon a full marathon and i had did an amateur mma fight and then i thought okay I'll do hard things. I'll align with hard people. Yeah. Then people will be better than like soft people that don't want to do yeah. hard things. And that was like the first, like the first, okay, that's how I'll align. And then that worked to some degree. But then people that are hard um, in fitness are different to people that want to like do business. You know what I mean? So then you got to, they had to like change it and evolve over time. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting how, I don't know if you believe in the universe or anything like that either, but I remember coming out of my previous relationship with not as many mates in the Gold Coast because I was living in Brisbane. So I got some mates up there, but then coming here and then being like, I don't really know anyone, if you know what I mean. Similar to yourself when you're mm. in Sunshine Coast, I like, don't really know anyone. I've got these things I wanted to do. I'll put them on hold while I was in the relationship. I'm not going to put them on hold now. It's like all steam forward. And then I've been able to land myself into the Iron Vault and I'm super grateful for it, surrounded by absolute weapons and great quality people. So I'm grateful for that. And anyone that does want to join, I would highly recommend to be able to surround yourself with people that are of a higher caliber and have good morals core values and are good people that are striving to be better and will keep you accountable for that is uh it's it's worth its weight in gold and more 100 percent, bro 
And look, just to touch on that, Tyson, you remember when he sent a message to the group and he said he mm. needed a credit card. So yeah. he told me, I, I sent him mine straight away. You hadn't even met him and you sent him your credit card. Yeah, he told yeah. me. Yeah. And yeah, he loved that, bro. He, he goes, I, even guys in there that I haven't really spoken to and I don't know, send me their fucking credit card. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah. reliability on one another. We want each other's back, yeah. irregardless of the scenario. And that's why anyone who isn't in complete alignment with all their values, they're not allowed in because it is fucking sacred yeah you know so yeah well that's the way that i view it as well it's it is has that sacred energy around it and everyone that's in there i i have got the utmost trust with and so there's no reason not to trust them so that's why as soon as i saw the message i was like yeah i'll flick it over to you and so and then that's why i did you know what i mean and then you guys ended up working out with a different a different car but Mm. it was just the way that it's the way that i view the group it's the way that i would if it would that's how i'd perceive it would be the other way and so i'm willing to to give it out if you know what i mean and that's the Mm. way it is so Mm. yeah it's uh, it's a beautiful thing it is yeah no it's fantastic Nick, masculinity is massive, um, but I've got one funny question for you. Do you still eat wheat beaks without milk? <laughs> no, I don't. But if I were to eat wheat beaks, I would have them without milk. Yeah? Yeah. You're fucking weirdo. It's disgusting, bro. <laughs> it's like soggy dog food. <laughs> soggy that's fucking a, that's dog a, food. Have you always done that? Yeah. No, fair enough. I grew up a bit of a spastic. No, fair enough, mate. <laughs> a very fussy child. Yeah, no, fair play, fair play. Well, I used to just grow up and I was obese, so, you know, it's just like, you know, and now I'm not obese, so it's all good, so don't worry. Big, bro. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Well, I appreciate your time, brother. That's um, That's been a fantastic session. I appreciate your time. That was an unreal, unreal podcast. Have you got any uh, final questions? No, bro. It was no. a really good conversation. No, that was unreal. Before we wrap it up, where can someone find you if they were if they're currently struggling, they don't know where they are in their life and they're a male and they want to find a brotherhood, they want to be able to connect with like minded people that are in business, fitness, have some accountability, where should they look and where where can they find you? Just jump on Instagram, bro. Nick dot Rybelt. R E I B L T. Have a look through my stuff, see if you align with me. I know uh I rub a lot of people up the wrong way <laughs> with some of my content, yeah. but it's part of the game. It's part of the brand. So yeah, yeah. No, I love that, mate. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time. Appreciate Until you, the bro. next one. Thank you. Likewise.